welcome to the Neil World Order Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So I come to you on this chilly Wisconsin night once again. Um, whew, a lot of stuff to get into. Some new equipment set up, same technical problems. There's an audio guy out there. Hey, give me a holler. I got a few questions for you. Um, not a bad day here in Wisconsin. Uh, it got a little cooler once the sun went down, but I think it was almost 50 degrees today, which is kind of great uh, considering the time of year it is that, you know, a week away from Thanksgiving and you could easily see the chaos out and about today. People everywhere shopping, stores are empty. Turkeys are, whew, I don't know. I'm not really a turkey person. We kind of do like an unconventional Thanksgiving. We usually do lasagna or uh, something like that. I know people are like, oh, but I'm like, I don't really like turkey. I've never understood every, like lunch meat turkey, I kind of dig, but like the whole cooked turkey, it, it, I don't care what anyone says, it, it's really not that good. But whatever, I digress. Um, <clears throat> some good stuff to talk about tonight, as you can tell by the title of the episode, I think you know where we're going to go. But anyways, play us a song, You're the Piano Man. The amazing music that is Billy Joel. You know, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, seriously, do we really appreciate Billy Joel enough? You know, he's brilliant, well-rounded, uh, he hits so many genres of music. I mean, blues, Motown, contemporary pop, old, you know, classic rock. He's got a song in pretty much, like, every category there is, um... You know, his albums always seem to evolve, and there there were times where you could almost listen to different albums by him, and maybe aside from his voice, but, like, just how the music evolved. Like, it almost seemed like a different artist. Uh, you know, simple songs like Uptown Girl to the depth of a song like uh, Goodnight Saigon or Allentown, um, the amazing writing that went into a song like We Didn't Start the Fire, um, Pressure, um... God, I don't know, Billy Joel just, it's like almost like an endless category of song, catalog of songs, and they're all good. He sold over 150 million albums, countless number ones, sold out tours still to this day. Uh, he's easily one of the most successful single artists of all time. He's one of those guys where I feel like we all know his songs um, and we enjoy them. We just, I don't know, he just never seems to get talked about. Um I don't think I ever skip a Billy Joel song when it comes on my playlist, uh, regardless of my mood. You know, I probably sing along and do whatever. Um, I'm going to have to say, my if I had to pick a favorite song by Billy Joel, it's probably Matter of Trust, I think, is my favorite Billy Joel song. I just think it's a great song. Um, it's hard to choose, I mean, with Billy Joel songs. I mean, you know, you want to say Piano Man or The Stranger, um, New York State of Mind, um, God, you know, even Uptown Girl, uh, Moving Out, um, Code of Silence, like there's so many, Captain Jack, there's so many great Billy Joel songs. You may be right. Um, she's Got Away, um, Shameless. I mean, there's, there's literally too many Billy Joel songs to just talk about how great they are. Um, we could probably spend all day listening to his music and not even get through all of his hits. Like, seriously, I mean, um, they're, the guy's just amazing. 
<clears throat> you know, and he's done, he's one of those artists, too, that does a ton of, like, live specials. Uh, he's released, like, six live albums, <clears throat> which I think it was a bigger thing back in the day. Now, I, I think nobody really cares, so it's just, like, whatever. You now, music's so different now in the digital age, you know. There's still that where, uh, I mean, vinyls come back to where, like, vinyl records are really expensive now and stuff like that to try to get your hands on. You know, every now and then if I'm in, like, an old record store, I'll grab a copy of, uh, you know, a Billy Joel album if they have one. I think I got, uh, I, I believe I have a copy of The Stranger, but don't hold me to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Billy frickin' Joel. Uh, I remember one time he did this awesome episode of um, Storytellers on VH1. I don't know if I'm showing my age by telling you guys about that. It's kind of like um, Imagine Unplugged, but it's not all, they weren't always unplugged. It's just kind of like a small, intimate set, and the artists will sit there, and um, you know they play their songs, and they tell you stories about what was the inspiration for the song, or who wrote it, or where it came from. You know, because a lot of songs have cool little stories, you know, that kind of go with them and how they came to be. Uh, I remember, just in particular, the We Didn't Start the Fire, the one where they run down, like, you know, history and all that. Uh, Billy G said uh, it was him and a songwriter friend of his, you know, they're both about the same age, and they had a younger uh, songwriter friend with them as well, you know, and they're working in the studio and, you know, talking about current events or something, and... The, the younger guy was like, oh, yeah, but you guys, you know, there wasn't stuff like this going on when you were younger, you know, and they were just kind of like, what? You know, and then that's where I think the list of, you know, everything came from. And um, anyways, but yeah, um, it's a great show. I don't know. You can probably find it on YouTube. You know, Billy Joel would have his ups and downs kind of personally. Uh, he battled alcoholism. Um, you know, had struggles in his personal life. At one point, he was married to supermodel Christy Brinkley, who's probably like 70 now, and she's still smoking hot. Um, you know, they had a high-profile high divorce and all that, but I believe they're still close. I think he's been in rehab a couple times for his alcoholism. Um, he actually crashed his car uh, drunk one of those times that ended up ha him having to postpone uh, some tours. He was actually touring with Elton John at the time. Those two had toured a couple times to huge success. They'd had some personal ups and downs, I think, issues with them between them each other, too. I guess, you know, you got two big, huge megastars, stuff like that's going to happen, but they patched that up. Uh, regardless of, you know, any of his personal struggles, you know, Billy Joel's always kind of been able to maintain that relatability to his fans, and people love him. You know, he's he's easily one of the most endeared artists out there and among his fellow musicians as well. So uh, if you haven't listened to some Billy Joel lately, uh, I recommend you do. Pour, pour yourself a glass, enjoy, or maybe perhaps a bottle of red or a bottle of white. Either way would be wonderful. A crazy thing happened the other day, totally switching gears now. Um, so is it work and... I'm one of those people, I know we get those, you get those calls that say like spam risk, or they're just weird numbers. Uh, I mean, not weird numbers, but you know, there's, it's some number somewhere, you know, and I'll answer them. I've, it's always been a thing. Scott and I used to fuck with telemarketers in college all the time. My goal was always try to get them to hang up on me without like 
swearing just by putting them in awkward situations. Anyways, I get one. My phone's ringing the other day. I look and it says U.S. Senate. And I'm like, what? So I'm at work. I'm bored. So I answer it. Um, and it says it's, it's like the office of U.S. Senator uh, Ron Johnson here from Wisconsin. I'm like, what? And there's like Ron does these conference calls monthly. Uh, he likes to have people on. And, um, and I'm like, okay, this, you know, it, it, it's like a recording to start. I'm like, okay, this is bullshit. They're just going to want some money or something stupid, or it's going to be some dumb survey or pre-recorded thing. So I stay on and eventually like, it's like a real conference call. Like he's really on there. And, um, they do this thing where you can ask a question, you know, you press like pound something. And then a, a young lady comes on and asks me, you know, verifies, is this so-and-so or so-and-so from this address? I'm like, yeah. And, um, you know, she's like, well, what, what is your question for Senator Johnson? You know, and I go on, I, I approached, my question was, I talked to it about episodes ago about how I think election campaigns should be like, you know, you think about the NFL draft theory, for those of you that have listened to all the episodes, you've heard this, but I said, you know, NFL, at the NFL draft, they have all the stats, everything on every football player, some kid that played inside linebacker at like East Carolina or West Texas State, someplace we never heard of. And they got, so like when people run for elections, instead of having debates or have them talk about what they're going to do, why don't we just present everything they have done, like as far as what they voted for, what they voted against? Um, who donates to them? I'm not saying like your grandmother, but like what companies, you know, who lobbies them and to create this real era of transparency because politicians always talk about wanting to be transparent, but nobody really wants to be transparent because then that means there's no secrets, there's no leverage, there's no nothing. But anyways, so I waited, you know, and I was, I was probably on it for like a good hour while I was at work. I mean, among doing other things and it, it never got to my question, but I stayed on listening to a lot of other people. And I got to tell you, I was really embarrassed by some of the things um, fellow conservatives asked. Um, the way they spoke of certain things. Um, you know, you, you see the jokes about, oh, conservatives. Like, it's, it's, it's the older people. You know, like, I, one lady was, like, talking about how all these Afghan ref, refugees were going to come into her neighborhood and ruin her property value and, and everything. And I was just like, lady, home prices are through the roof right now. And two, if they move refugees into your neighborhood, they don't put a billboard out in front of their house that say, refugees live here. And regardless, I was just like... Wow, the and Ron Johnson had nothing but he was very graceful with some of these people who, honestly, I would, I mean, ignorant would be, I guess, the best word to describe. And you guys, it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, <clears throat> and just like, you know, the, the things people don't know, you know, we talk about, you know, I talk a lot about how uninformed liberals can be, but like, you know, this was firsthand sitting with, I guess, like, the people on my team. And I was like, no, that's like asking questions that like a simple Google search could have like, you realize like uh, things I, I would have thought were common knowledge. That's a term my wife hates. Um, 
And I was just like, come on, you know, like, like be better. Like we're, we're better than that. Right. Like you don't really think that, or you don't, you didn't really not know that. Or, you know, I was waiting for someone to ask him, you know, if he thought the earth was flat or something. I was just like, what? Root beer whiskey tonight. Last of it. But yeah. So, you know, I did that. Unfortunately, like I said, I, time came to go home and I was going to go do some dashing. So I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm going to go. So it never got to me. I'm sure maybe they did. I don't know. But anyways, that was just something off the top of my head. I wanted to share with you guys. So Thursday, I don't know if you guys saw this. Pfizer signed a $5.9 billion deal with the U S government to distribute their oral COVID pill. The drug billed as a preventative measure to prevent complications and hospitalizations from COVID, which is kind of what I thought the vaccine was supposed to do. Um, <clears throat> the drug Paxlovid, there's no, and I repeat, no concrete studies to show that this drug actually does any of the things I just mentioned. But the testing reports do say it's promising. Uh, I remember promising my parents that I would come home before midnight when I was a kid, too, and you could reach out to them and ask them how many times I kept that promise. Um, so this comes on the heels of uh, Merck and company releasing their pills, saying that it reduces the chance of death by 50%. Um, there's, And I think it does that because you take the pill and then you don't take the vaccine and you live, but whatever. There's more data and testing behind the Merck oral pill, but let's be real, Pfizer is the one with all the money, and that's what this is all about. I mean, more experimental drugs for something with a 99.75% survival rate. You know, that, that's where we are, and this is never going away ever. Supposedly, supposedly, more people have died in 2021 from COVID than in all of 2020. So depending how you see or what you believe in the numbers, you know, Sleepy Joe's not doing such a good, good, good deal. The guy who was going to fix this in the first hundred days. Um, but honestly, I feel like as long as there's liberals and the propaganda media that COVID is staying forever, there's too many people that are making money off of it, you know, and the, people that get all this power with the control they're getting in the certain places that have allowed it, they're never going to get tired of their overreach, you know, and they're never going to be like, no one who ever got a lot of power ever said, you know what, I I'm going to ease up, you know, it's not like when you're walking your dog and as he gets good or she gets good, you allow him more leash. It it's not like that with uh, government, you know, <sighs> The next phase, honestly, they'll probably start having influencers on social media peddling the vax, or maybe they do already, and it's just not something I have seen, though. But seriously, that term, influencer, it totally creases me. Like, it's just, it's stupid. You know, it, it's like the, it's like the bottled water of our generation, I guess, or the, I don't know, the sugar-free pudding. Um, I get a lot of messages on, on my, the Instagram page for the podcast from random companies about being an influencer. I, I usually delete most of them because I'm, and I'm sure there's some profitability in it, but it feels cheap to me. Um, like I'm being pimped out to push your jewelry or supplements or whatever. It, it just isn't me. 
uh, if I influence you to do influence you to do anything, I want you to think. I want you to use your mind. I want you to pay attention. You know, I want you to not be afraid to say how you feel. It doesn't matter to who or what. You know, to enjoy some whiskey. Um, you know, I may sell a few T-shirts along the way, but I look at that more as branding, and I think that's different than influencing when you wear my if you buy a t-shirt for me you wear it somewhere somebody asks you who it is hey that's someone else that's listening I'm, you know so that's in itself is just it, it's a billboard but um you know it's just simple stuff to promote the podcast um like there was this one this the other day i know something jewelry and one i fucking hate jewelry i i'm a terrible husband i can't tell you the last time i wore my wedding band i I'd be lying if I told you I knew where it was. Um, and no, my wife probably has it in a safe place, but like, I, I hate jewelry. I have, I wear earrings and my Apple watch and that's about the extent of it. And I think I wear the Apple watch out of habit more than anything or to read messages off my wrist when I'm in the middle of something or to check, them, be able to change my music when I'm mowing. That's about like... I don't use it for all the other things people do. Um, you know, and I guess as a person, I struggle with the concept that we feel we need people to tell us what to wear or who to be or what's good for us. Like, whatever, in a time where I feel like we're always telling people to, to be you or to do you, like, we're not. We're like selling that through you by having someone else tell you how to be you or how to do you. Like I was watching um, some TikTok videos the other day and I do that from time to time because it can be mildly entertaining. And, you know, it's all these, it's a sea of videos of people talking about their goals themselves, their self journeys. Um, but yet they're all carbon copies of a hundred other videos where they're all the same. It's just the person telling you, is is different the songs the same maybe the dance moves are the same uh you know same and it's just like and i'm not throwing shade or hating i i guess i, I see the irony in it you know i'm like and I, I do i do find a lot of it mostly entertaining uh and some of those people make a fortune i'm not gonna tell you they don't but like and they have a huge following but it there's this it comes off contrived and it's, it's, it's not organic, it's not authentic, and it's like, I, I, I don't know, it was kind of like, you know, remember when Jackass first came out, and then people everywhere were trying to kill themselves too, and like, like, it almost has that feel to it, you know, for instance, there's this girl on TikTok, and I guarantee you've seen her videos, she literally got famous from people trying to guess what she does for a living. I'm serious. I'm, I'm super serious. And, and I'm guessing you, you guys have seen these vids. Like, she's dressed up as a firefighter, a pilot, done team mascots, like with the Detroit Lions, the Indianapolis Colts, the Chicago Bill, or Bulls, uh, Lumberjack, literally everything. Travels the country doing these videos. And I feel like I'm the only one who's kind of figured it out that she doesn't have a real job because that's how she can travel around and do all these videos. And maybe that's the joke, and it's just lost on me because it's not funny. But um, I digressed. But seriously, I think the only things I'd be up for being an ambassador for are um, 
Old Smoky Whiskey and Moonshine. <clears throat> Feel free to reach out, guys. And um, Old Navy and their amazing line of men's tech jogger pants. Seriously, guys. I had Kai buy me one of, like, every color uh, in their last sale. And if you're like me, I hate blue jeans. Fucking hate blue jeans. I didn't, Even when jeans, it was cool to wear baggy jeans, I was never one of those dudes that got into tight or tapered jeans because nobody looks cool wearing women's jeans, especially men. Um, and I, blue jeans just aren't comfy. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if a cowboy or whoever. They're not comfy. And so these pants are amazing. They're like sweatpants, but they they don't look like sweatpants. They kind of look like khakis or dress pants. Uh, they're lightweight. They're warm. They're stretchy. They're totally... You could, like, sleep in them. You could run in them. You could do whatever in them. Uh, Under Armour makes some great ones, too. They're obviously really pricey, and I have some of those that I love. But, like, I think it's, like, this new dynamic that people have, like, gone away from... Um, and I, I live in the Midwest. There's a lot of, like, farmer, cowboy wannabe types here. You know, like, they're Wranglers or they're, I don't know, they're jeans. It, it's just not me. I'm not a jean guy. That's my product plug, though, honestly, the extent there. But uh, go visit the Neil World Order merchandise site and get, get some cool tees, hoodies, stickered glasses. One day I promise we're going to have hats. It's just one of those things. Um <clears throat> and now, uh, I guess we can address the uh, elephant in the room that you guys have all been waiting for me to talk about. Um, and that would be that I was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. No, that was Paul Rudd, but which was awesome. But The verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial came in yesterday, Friday, and he was found not guilty on all charges... As he should have been. It should have never been tried in the first place. I think the jury deliberated, I don't know, three or four days. I don't, not total, but like however many hours they deliberate a day before become, coming around to a decision right around lunchtime yesterday. Uh, I'll be honest, personally, I kind of expected it to be like a hung jury or mistrial. Um, I thought, I felt like, but then I thought the longer it went, it was may, may trend this way. Um, you know, I'm very pleased to see that they actually made the right decision in coming to this verdict. And let's be real, there are going to be, and you know, as we all have seen the fallout in the last 24 hours, um, there were going to be disappointed people no matter what the verdict was. I think here's the biggest issue I see, though. And um, so many people, and we talk about this all the time, are poorly informed on the actual facts of the case. Like anything, people become too wrapped up in their emotions and their opinions, and they just don't aren't concerned with the facts. They don't want to hear the facts. Um, and it's weird, because you sit and you think, and I'm like, you know, I, I find myself scratching my head, and I was going to do like a whole segment where I read ignorant comments off of social media, and that's something we'll probably get to at a later time. But, like, we've reached a point, and maybe this point has been around for a while and I just haven't addressed it, like, the truth doesn't matter anymore to people. Like, people don't want the truth. You know, and they don't, I don't think they're purposely not wanting it, 
but maybe the truth isn't as fulfilling or doesn't validate them in the way they need, you know, and, and, and they, they fight what's real and resent facts. And those who, who present facts, you know, it's, it's a kill the messenger kind of thing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself against three would-be assailants, all of whom were aggressive to him first. The evidence showed that. And by evidence, there's photos, there's video, there's a lot of which the prosecution even brought themselves. So it was kind of like they were sinking their own ship. Um, you know, even the testimony of one of the assailants, that Gabe guy or whatever, he literally testified that Kyle did not point his rifle and fire until he had drawn his own weapon and pointed, I believe it was his 40 millimeter pistol at Kyle, which he was carrying illegally with an expired concealed carry permit. And I believe in the process of being a felon, he wasn't allowed to carry a gun anymore. Um, but the TV doesn't tell you this. Like, the news doesn't want to tell you this. You know, they want it, for some reason, they still keep talking about Jacob Blake. You know, and I see his family all over TV, which I think a lot of that is that, hey, all this is getting made about Kyle, and here we are over here. We want our our 15 minutes, our piece of the pie. We want some money. We don't want to ever work again. Because um, <clears throat> ultimately, yeah, you know, this was a result of Jacob Blake having a knife, not listening to police officers, being tased, still resisting, and then when he drew that knife towards the officers, he was shot seven times or whatever. He's crippled. He's never going to walk. He's, you know, media darling. They'll probably build statues to him everywhere. But, um, you know, they don't tell you that Kyle Rittenhouse was in Kenosha cleaning graffiti. They tell you he's a, he's a white supremacist. They don't tell you that the businesses he defended were owned by Middle Eastern people. So if he's a white supremacist, he's not very good at it because um, he actually shot white people. There are millions of people in this country, and I'm telling you, I swear to God, maybe you don't believe me. They thought up until maybe this trust that he shot black people, that he was like this active shooter who just ran around Kenosha shooting people. And it was none of that. Um, you know, they don't tell you that he was putting out a fire until one of the men attacked him and took his fire extinguisher and threatened to kill him for the second time that night. You know, the media doesn't tell you that elected officials like Governor Tony Evers here in Wisconsin, who is a complete worthless piece of shit, like, not just because he's a Democrat, but there, there are, like, even... That loser governor in uh, Michigan, Whitmer, or whatever her name is. Like, she's on TV. She does stuff. Like, I don't agree with a lot of what she does, but she, the governor here is, is a prop. Um, he's pretty much owned by the teacher unions and unions in general. And he's just, he looks like Skeletor with hair. And he, he's terrible. He's like not even going to, I think the only reason he won is he ran on this thing he was going to legalize pop, which he's never even, excuse me, brought up since he's been in office. I don't know what, I guess it would have been 2016, 2018. 
He's a terrible, terrible governor. Uh, nothing good has happened since he took over. But, uh, you know, he and the mayor uh, of Kenosha, the police chief of Kenosha, they all wanted the police to stand down. They kept the National Guard out. All the while, the animals looted, destroyed businesses, set fires, threw rocks, assaulted people trying to protect businesses for days. Um, you know, and then those people that acted like that and were mostly peaceful, they were praised as like heroes and fighting against injustice. Like, you don't fight injustice. You try to remedy it. But it's not like something you can fight. It's not something you can beat down or, you know, defeat. You you have to... It's cultural, intellect, it's hard. And setting some fires and blowing up auto zones, and that doesn't do it. But, so leading into this verdict, the dimwit governor actually has the National Guard brought in. Which is kind of like, okay, if you'd done this in the first place, we probably wouldn't be here. But, um, actually, as far as I know, I don't think things were too bad in Kenosha. Um, Kenosha's kind of a crap hole to start with. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate anything, you know, that got destroyed there. But I think it's been mostly just a couple dozen people here, a couple dozen people there. Um, and anyways, but yeah, so it's, there's not all this unrest yet. Part of it could be the weather. Now, if this was June, things could be different. I mean, part of it could be they're not bussing people up here to cause trouble because that was a big part of the BLM thing too, was, you know, people, there's people out there that honestly don't realize that Black Lives Matter is founded by old rich white guys like George Soros. There's people that believe Black Lives Matter actually cares about the black community. It doesn't just exploit them to further their Marxist agenda, but that goes back to where we said about people being misinformed and not understanding things, you know, not wanting to hear the facts. They just want to believe the things that are the easiest to believe and don't come with work. Um, you know, think about ultimately the media had pretty much labeled Kyle Rittenhouse an active shooter, a domestic terrorist, a white supremacist. The president himself, Biden, tweeted a picture of Rittenhouse calling him a white supremacist. And the crazy thing is they're all going to face slander and libel lawsuits. To it, It's going to be unheard of. Um, you know, and the cool thing I think about the verdict is that maybe it starts to show us that mob rule is done. That we can, we don't have to just you know, pacify these illogical animals, you know, for the hope that they don't tear down everything. Um, you know, and so now that this is done, you know, the liberals, they're going to cry. And unfortunately, they didn't riot. And, you know, maybe they have to look at it now that, hey, if we get out of control, we're going to see armed people stand up against us the way it should have been, you know, all the while. You know, and then I think about like the lawsuits coming. I mean, Nick Sandman won $250 million in that lawsuit against CNN. You remember they labeled him like a white supremacist because he had a MAGA hat on. 
and they said he was taunting a Native American, when in fact it was the Native American who was actually trying to instigate and being the aggressor towards Sandman, who wouldn't engage and just kind of smiled at him. You know, and of course, because he's white, he obviously was just looking down on him, and he was conducting himself in a controlled manner and not you know, fighting with the Native American man who has been charged with instigating um, violence and other things and mayhem and yada yada. But, and that was, that was one network. Rittenhouse has been slammed erroneously by like every media outlet in the country. Personally, I hope his lawsuits cripple mainstream media. Bring them to their knees, put every one of them out of work. You know, I've said from day one, if people want to revolt against something, you want to destroy something, destroy the media, burn it to the ground. Every, there's not, there's not good guys out there, really. Sorry, I really wanted a glass to sip this whiskey. But, um, I hope he sues the president. I mean, imagine a sitting president having to pay out a libel suit for being stupid and misinformed. It's not hard to imagine Joe Biden being stupid and misinformed as he spent most of his life that way. But imagine like the guy who raised Hunter Biden trying to say anything about your kid. Like he shouldn't even say anything about to Jeffrey Dahmer's parents. Like Hunter Biden is a piece of crap. Um, but yeah, having to answer for it, like that would be epic. You know, but like I said, you know, the next week, it'll be interesting. Uh, maybe with Thanksgiving coming, tensions will be, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe it was done at the right time on a Friday, you know, lunchtime. It's cold right before Thanksgiving. People are kind of like, you know, giving thanks. Um, I don't know. But, you know, it's just tough when the media doesn't seem concerned with facts. You still see stories. And all there's like, oh, celebrity reactions about how unjust, like, there's nothing unjust. If you look at the facts, this played out the way anyone who knew the facts thought it would. Like, there was no amount of, case in point, they were trying to charge uh, Kyle Rittenhouse with, like, basically premeditated murder. He'd never met the people before that night. He didn't go there seeking to kill people. There had been no planning. Like, it's just, you know, it was, it was terrible, terrible prosecution to start with. Uh, you know, they had two charges thrown out. They couldn't even get a curfew charge on this kid. Um, so it just shows you that, you know, even the, the government, try, you know, because ultimately they were, I don't know, they represent the city of Kenosha or whoever, couldn't even work with the actual facts, but we're trying to sell this narrative that he went there to kill people and was just like a, like the poor kid should have never been in that situation. So many people failed everyone for that situation to even get where it was. And I talked about the elected officials and stuff like that, you know, and it's, it is what it is. You know, there's part of me that's like, okay, now, you're going to have, when this stuff happens, people are going to be like, hey, I don't have to be afraid of these people. I take my gun and go out. You know, and there may be some of that. Uh, you know, and that may be so something that needs to happen. But I digress. Um, anyways, that's the show tonight, guys. Uh, I'm going to 
sit here and enjoy a Tennessee win. I mean, we beat South Alabama. But um, and finish this cup of whiskey. And I'm going to have myself a lovely weekend. And I hope you guys, too, check out the merch site. Um, as always, uh, look us up on social media. Send us any of your questions, comments, concerns. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, but that's all I got. Have a great night, fellas.